Okay, good. It is amazing. We um, have been in this uh, series about oneness, and we're going to hang right here. And the reason isn't because we have oneness or unity problems at second place. You guys get that? Let me clarify. We're not like hammering this every week because we're like, we're going to get this right eventually. Now, are we perfect? Absolutely not. But we know that the last thing that Jesus prayed before he went to the cross for us, both for his disciples and for those that believe because of them, and that's all of us, that he, he prayed that we would be one. So Jesus prayed that, he, that we would be one. So we got to pay attention to this. It's super important. And there is so, it is so complicated to keep unity, to maintain unity. Now, last week, Dave did a great job. Were you guys here for that? Did you guys remember that? That good? Oneness or unity is what? Worth fighting for. Yeah. Oneness is worth fighting for. This is a big deal. So when you feel like there is thing, there are things that are pulling you apart, that are offending you or like not hitting you right or something that somebody says or does, when you feel that division, whether that's here, whether that's at home, whether that's at work, what you got to do is got to know that that's not Jesus. Now you may need to, to step out. You may need to change jobs. You may need to, you know, like take a break from people. But the point of the matter is, is that Jesus always wants us to maintain some sense of unity. Sarah mentioned we were at this family ministry conference yes, uh, Friday, and uh, you know what the first talk was about? Like, there's just random people from all over, like, the Midwest that are at this, at this event, and you know what their first talk was about? Let me, let me let you guess. It was about unity. And you know, what he, you know what he talks about? He's like, you know what the last thing is that Jesus prayed? I'm like, dude, do you have our app now? Like, are you listening to the messages? What's going on? But it was so, so timely because I think that what the Holy Spirit is doing in the church at Big C is that he's saying, guys, get together. Get together. And one of the things that they said is that, you know, unity is about setting aside our differences so that we can make a difference. And, and that is so, so tricky. I think we've done a decent job of balancing each week from um, really understanding, like, the value and the importance of unity and then the practical pieces of how to build unity, how to stay together, how to be one. And today, we got a lot of work to do because this is a how message. This is going to be a message that's going to be talking about how do we fight for oneness? How do we fight for unity? And what does that look like? So let's just get it started right away. I need three volunteers real quick to come up here. And... It's going to be real quick. I, I, I love you all, and it's not going to be weird, all right? So go ahead. All right, Pat, fine. Pat, go ahead and, go ahead and stand right here. I need two more. Awesome, awesome. We can have four. That's good. Come on. Yeah, let's do it. No, no, no. Get in line. Ladies first, though. We're good. Come on, Hannah. Enough greeting. We, that was earlier. We don't do that now. Everybody go this way. All right, cool. So... Um, just stand there awkwardly for a minute. Has anybody had a situation where somebody says they're going to do something, like they say they're going to do this, but then they do this, and then you have this gap, and you're really upset, right? So there was a promise made, like, hey, I got you, I'm going to do this, but you know what, I, I, I ended up doing this, and well, let's not talk about it, right? 
No one's ever been there, right? So here, just let's, let's just make this happen. So what I want you to do, we're going to start, once I hand you this glass, you're going to throw it in the box, and you're going to shatter it. But before you do that, so listen, no matter what I say, when I hand you the glass, throw it in the box, and then go sit down, all right? Drop the mic, in this case, drop the glass. Yeah, you, you can't miss. You can't miss. Can she miss? Can Hannah miss? All right. When I hand you this glass, what are you going to do with it? I'm going to aim really well. And you're going to throw it in the box. So let's pretend I didn't have that conversation. This is the thing. This is my, my, my trust, my commitment, my, my hope for Hannah. And I'm going to say, Hannah, I trust you with this glass. Can you just go ahead and take that? And then, okay. Okay. All right. Same deal. Like, what's your name? Sammy, Sammy didn't recognize you with your glasses on. Okay, it's okay, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, you're good. So um, same thing, all right? But I, I trust you with this glass. Please take good care of it. Okay. She's angry about something. Malcolm, what's up, dude? How are you, man? It's your birthday? How? Dude. How old are you now? 14? Dude. Man, I'm like seven times your age. All right, bro. Should we sing happy birthday to you? Yeah. Yeah. Do it. That, oh, he said do it. Happy birthday. I tr I try. <laughs> Tr I trust you with that, man. I trust you with that, all right? Yeah. Opa! See you. All right, 14. I, I have a horrible voice, man, so. Uh, Pat, um, same thing. I, I trust you with this. Take good care of it, and don't do that. All right, thank you. So good. This is a quick illustration, right, of what happens when people say they're going to do one thing and then they do something else. So um, last night, quick story, um, Josh Bussett, who's a great guy, you might know him, plays drums, um, he was one of our volunteers at our 5 o'clock last night. He literally, so Sarah is thankfully back in the class because she was like, Joe, stop breaking things in service. Like, you can't do that. Someone's going to get a shard in their eye. I'm like, it's all good. I'll have a box. So... <laughs> So, because I've thrown things, if you've been here, I've thrown things and shattered them in that corner, I've, and there were sleeping babies over here one time, and I shattered a pot right in front of them, it's okay. So, I, I literally, I say, I'll have a box, she says, I don't care. I'm like, it's a box, they can't miss, it's not like they're tossing it from far away. Josh Bussett throws the glass in yesterday, I kid you not, Pat, Pat was there, it bounces out of the box, doesn't break, bounces out of the box, and shatters right here. I'm like, oh my gosh. And thankfully, Sarah was not in the room, because it was like, not okay. So, so here's what's happening. When that happens, has anybody um, felt like that? The whiteboard's coming back. The whiteboard, if you haven't been around. <laughs> it's so stupid. I love it, though. Like, it's, no, it's not stupid, okay? Becca? All right, here we go. 
If you haven't been here, okay, if, this is, if you just started coming to Second Place, the whiteboard has a Twitter account. The whiteboard is very small for a room this big. We don't care, all right? The offering joy boxes are on the side. We can afford a bigger one later, all right? So some of us are visual, and I'll try to help. Like the front row, this is why you sit there, Rabbi, because, you know, you've got the ability to see things. So what do we just do? We just said, all right, so somebody says they're going to do this, right? And instead, they do this. And this is our expectation. And this is reality. You guys got that? So the, the, the question is, and actually what I'm going to tell you, is that you can put anything you want in this gap when that happens. You can put anything in that gap that you want. You can put chocolate milk. No, you, could, you could put trust in that gap. And if you put trust in the gap we're going to be able to maintain oneness. And it doesn't mean, I'll get, kind of get into some practical ways to kind of handle this, but that is the gap that we have to wrestle with. Now, the other thing that you can put in that gap is suspicion. And so you can put trust in that gap. Or you could put, suspicion is such a weird word spelling-wise. I don't even know if I spelled it right, but it's something, is there no S? That is a C. See, we're interacting with that crazy four-dimensional stuff going on. So, but here's the thing. If you put suspicion, now trust, let's say back up trust. Trust sounds like this. You know what? I thought that Joy was going to do this, but she did this. And you know, she's a good person. I know that there's probably a good reason why she didn't do what she said she was going to do. That's trust. Suspicion is, man, I think she's kind of lazy. Maybe, you know what? Another suspicious thought is, you know, they're, they're not only I don't know that she really cares. And it can get even worse where she's like, you know what? I think that Joy hates me. You guys remember from last week, if you were here, I was talking about how Sarah, or a couple weeks ago, well, Sarah is, um, she gets quiet sometimes, and she's an internal processor, and how that's not okay for me as her husband, because what? I get suspicious. She's supposed to be talking to me, that's what I was expecting, but she's not, so what I'm going to say is that I am in trouble. What did I do wrong? Suspicious. Why is she mad at me? I have a conversation, she's not mad. If you put suspicion in this gap, what will happen is you will poison oneness. But if you put trust in this gap, you will be able to maintain oneness. I don't know if you guys really get it yet. You guys kind of feel the difference? I want to tell you that what you put in between there is super important. So it's kind of like, have you guys ever been, not that you've been lately, but you know, like Burger King with the Whopper, you can have it your way, put anything you want in it. Right, so I wish I had a Whopper, I actually do. So um, 
So it's kind of like if you had a Whopper. Hey guys, anybody want me just to get to the main point and start worship or no? No, me neither. Me neither. I'm hungry. So this is the Whopper. Like, it's still a little bit warm. Um, Weston ran and got it for me. It was pretty awesome. So, uh, I mean, there's nothing in there right now. I mean, nothing weird. Like, there's just tomato, onion, ketchup, lettuce, mayo. But you could put anything you want in there. Like, what if you were to put, like, a, a, I don't know, one of these guys, uh, a maple bacon long john in there? You know what I'm saying? Like, why not put that in between there? It's a little large. Come on. I mean, what's the big deal? It's basically a bacon whopper. That's all it is, with a little bit of like icing on it. How many of you guys think that's gross? Like three of us. That illustration didn't work. What you put in between that gap and in that gap, if you put suspicion there, it's like as gross as putting a bacon maple donut on your Whopper. I'm trying, I won't. I'm trying to like down that. And so why is that? Why is it that what that happens and that we do that? Well, let's look at scripture. Guys, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to look at a verse and a series of verses that are so important, but we've heard them so many times that I think that we might not realize what it says and how it relates to all this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the teacher. We are the student. And Lord, we need you to teach us right now. We're here because we want to do work. We want to be able to work on our faith. We want to grow. We want to be stretched today. So God, we ask that right now that you would just, by your spirit, move in into our hearts. And Lord God, that you would allow us to somehow be different when we leave here today. Lord, that we would make a commitment this week to understanding what it means to fight for oneness when it comes to trust. In Jesus' name. So 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4, if you've been to a wedding, you've heard this. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, and it always, what? Trusts. It always hopes, it always perseveres. One of the things that we know, Scripture tells us, is that, you know, when, when Jesus was talking about how will people know that we are the believers? How will people know that we are who we say we are? How will they even know who Jesus is? Well, they're going to know us by our what? By our love. Bring that slide back up. And our love looks like this. So our love always is suspicious. No, our love is always trusting. Always trusting. There's a, a quote um, kind of adapted from, a, from Reggie McNeil. He says this, We use trust as currency. If it is in short supply, we are poor. 
If trust abounds, we have purchase power with each other to access each other's gifts, talents, energy, creativity, and love. I love um, this, this message that I heard at this conference on Friday. There was a, a quote that they, or a, a slide that they had, and, and the, the phrasing was this, is that our oneness affects the credibility of Jesus. And they followed it up with this sentence, the world will believe that Jesus is who he says he is when we treat each other like he said we should. When People see that are, are outside the church walls, and maybe you're here today and you don't necessarily, you're not sure about Jesus, you don't, you're not sure about God, but I'm telling you right now, when you see or when they see that there are people that will stick together and that treat each other in a very odd way when it comes to this world, that there would be a level of trust that would be brought to the table that somehow that they would have to say, that can't be normal. There's got to be something behind it, and the, the something is a someone. And so this is it. I think if we were to like personalize this and take this down to like a family level, or even like a, a, a level of generations, where I believe that the, the younger generation is watching us, mom and dad, they're watching us, college students, they're watching us and saying, you know what, I believe the next generation will believe that Jesus is who he says he is when we treat each other like he said we should. And we're called, right? We're called to be trusting. We're called to be always trusting. Um, so I want to give, this is the, kind of the practical piece. This comes out of a talk by Andy Stanley where he talks about trust. And there's three things. There's, there's three, I think, two things that we're called to, if you're taking notes, being um, trusting and being trustworthy. That we're called to be, we're called to trust always and to be trustworthy. And so there's three things that we can do when it comes to trust. So here's, the, here's those three things. When there is a gap between what I expect and what I experience, I will fill that gap with a bacon maple donut. No. I will fill it with trust. And number two, when I observe other people filling the gap with suspicion, I will come to your defense. Number three, if what I experience begins to erode my trust, I will come directly to you about it. Now think about those three things right there. Think about the, the experiences that you've had in your life. Maybe it's with your parents, maybe it's with siblings, maybe it's with friends or coworkers where you have had gaps created, where people have told you one thing and done another. Would any of these three things, would these three things have helped that situation? Maybe somebody was talking behind your back about you. Would it have been helpful for them to come directly to you? You guys feel that? Wouldn't it have been nice if somebody was talking about you to one of your friends, that your friend, instead of kind of being quiet or maybe like lightly agreeing, actually came to your defense and said, you know what, I know Joe. He's, he's a good guy. There's got to be a reason. I think that these things would have helped us. If you guys were here last year, I talked about the devil's triangle. The devil's triangle is, is triangulation where he, he literally uses, if I have an issue 
with Ashley. And I go and I talk to Dan about Ashley. That's the triangle. And Dan can't fix the relationship between me and Ashley, right? But I'm talking to him about her. And then that, she finds out, he doesn't know what to say, and now all of a sudden it's this big drama behind the scenes. That's the devil's triangle. When we, when we have an issue, when we have a gap, when we don't know why didn't that go the way we thought it was going to go, why not go directly to the person when we have that issue and talk it out? Now, how do you have that conversation? You put them on blast, right? You're like, Dan, dude, what up, man? Why'd you, why'd you say you can do that and you didn't do it? No, you don't, you don't put them on blast because that's just going to develop an environment of like a war. But you come with what? The fruit of the Spirit. Kindness, gentleness, patience. Parents, how many times have you been like, that's why we can't trust you with nice things. Oh, my gosh. Kid's like, well, I guess I'll never have another nice thing. Instead of maybe coming at that with the fruit of the Spirit, you come at that and say, you know, with kindness and with gentleness and with patience, just help them, help them understand that, hey, I get the fact that you're five, you know? <laughs> but just don't, just don't light that on fire anymore, you know what I'm saying? Our house is flammable. Are you guys, are you guys there? So that's when it comes to trust, those three things. When it comes to being trust, here's, back up, don't put that up there yet. So here's the problem, is that, um, and I'm going to talk about this more in a second, but people aren't trustworthy. So like if I go to Dan and I have a problem, like, is he going to be trustworthy? Is he going to be able to have that conversation with me? And will I be able to have a conversation with someone that comes at me? So here's the three things when it comes to being trustworthy. Number one. I will do what I say I'll do, and when I don't, I will tell you. I'm not going to hide it. I'm going to tell you. Number two, I won't overpromise and underdeliver, but if it looks like that is where things are headed, I will tell you. Number three, if you confront me about the gaps I created, I'm going to tell you the truth. Oof. Yeah, if you confront me about the gaps that I created, I am going to tell the truth. This is what happened. I'm not okay with it. It's not the person that I want to be. It's not the person that I believe that really God created. It's not that. It's that this guy that kind of acts like a junior hire sometimes. Man, I'm working on that guy, but this is what happened. Adult Joe is here to kind of own that. And now can we move forward? Can I somehow remedy that? Do you guys feel that? There's this total difference when it comes to oneness and developing that. This is huge. Just to keep things going. Why don't we do this? Why don't, the, why don't we do this? First reason is because there's no rules. Socially, there's no rules. So I can have, like, the best intention that I'm going to trust you with what I, I in, in, that, in that gap, I'm going to trust that there's some reason, and that I'm going to go to you, and then maybe I'm talking to Jeremiah. I'll pick him again, and he's like, you know what, Dad? I don't care. I didn't do it because I didn't want to. I think you're a jerk. I think that was stupid. I don't think I want to do that. And by the way, I'm never going to do that. He can choose that. The reason why sometimes we don't approach people is because we've been burned in the past. We've had gaps. We've put suspicion in there. And in so many ways, here we are, and we're carrying around all this baggage 
from past relationships, past situations where people has, have broken your trust. And you hear this rattling while you're walking around and you got another situation where, oh, now I'm going to trust? Look what happens when I trust people. They break it down. They break the trust. And I think the goal is to understand that you can't control what they do. The only work that you can do is your work. You can't get them to do their work if they don't want to do it. If they don't want to, to have a relationship that is built on honesty and openness and wanting to accomplish things together, you can't force that. And what you have to overcome and what you have to believe is that it doesn't matter if you can't control that. What you need to do is to do your work. And your work may be to say, hey, I'm going to bring this up. And I'm going to do it with grace and I'm going to do it with kindness. The second reason why we don't do this is because um, we have a really bad track record ourselves. Like we know what we've done. We know the thoughts that we've had. We know the way that we have broken trust with God. The phrase, if you only knew, Joe. Yeah, that right there. That right there. So how am I going to go to have a conversation with someone that, that created a gap in my life? How am I going to go have a conversation with them? Because they might come right back at me and call me out on my stuff. So what do we do? Let's just not talk about it. And we hide. And let's talk about hiding for a second. I think that, I think that concealing the fact that we've been hurt by someone who created a gap in, their expe in the expectations and reality. They've created that gap. When we hide that, what we think we're doing, there's a lot of reasons why we might hide that, but I just gave you one. But another one might be, well, I don't want, I don't want to hurt Sammy's feelings. Like she said she was going to do this. She did this. I don't want to hurt her feelings. You guys ever feel like that? And you think you're being kind. But over time, what happens? You start to well up. You start to, like, that start, stuff starts to build up, and you have a box of broken glass and broken trust. And eventually, you just, you can't handle it. You might explode, and you might go off on somebody on something real little, but it's, asked, it's, it's a reaction to all the other stuff that's been going on. And we think that the consequences of concealing our, those gaps and our thoughts about those gaps are less than if we were to confront that person. But the reality is, is that if I go to Sammy and say, here's what I thought was going to happen, I know that there's probably a great reason why it didn't, but let's, can we just talk about it for a second? That somehow when you bring that into the light, there is truth there. And the, the times that I've done this, when it's happened to me or I've done it with someone else, that I've been like, my eyes are open to so many more factors that went into what happened than what I thought. Well, I thought it was just like, there was just like three things going on. But no, there was like 17 things that ended up creating that situation. Have you guys been there? Think about it this way. Very few things that are healthy grow in the dark. I mean, maybe potatoes, carrots, mushrooms. But they need sunlight, right? They need sunlight. Very few things grow in the dark and end up being healthy. So what, what happens is when we bring that issue and we say, okay, 1 Corinthians 13, always trust, always trust, 
always trust. I'm going to trust you into this conversation. And we have that conversation. Well, what ends up happening is that the truth sets us free. What we think is that we can't bring this to the table, but they're going to have a, this is going to be World War III, but when you do, in, in a healthy environment, or someone that's trying to get there, that this is what happens, is that there is freedom that comes with it. The third reason is this, is that we don't think that God trusts us, and then we don't trust God. I mean, if you only knew, Joe, and I'm hiding everything from all of these people that I know, and I don't really want to ha- call anyone else out, or I don't want to have a conversation about anything in, in, in grace because I don't want my stuff, and, and I know that God's not happy with me. You know, I think that um, it's always about trust in God. I think that, honestly, I think, God, if you are, are wanting your life to change and you're putting Jesus first in your life and you're doing the work that you know to do, I believe that God does trust you. He dropped the entire like, plan in the hands of 11 guys and left. That's trust. He trusts you. He doesn't necessarily trust you when you're unhealthy and when you're doing things your way and not really seeking what he wants. But I will tell you that he trusts you. In the garden, when Adam and Eve ate that apple or whatever it was, God didn't come into the garden and shame them. He came into the garden and he covered them. Were there consequences? Absolutely. But he didn't shame them. God is not shaming you today. God trusts you to do your work. And if you do your work, you will grow in your relationship with him. When you can't trust God, it's really hard to trust other people. Because here's the deal. Um, you guys know, you guys can look this up later. Actually, it's 16. You guys know the manna story, right? Manna, people, the Israelites are just like super angry. They're like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, Moses. God's like, all right, here's the deal, Moses. I'm going to give them bread every morning. They're going to be able to take as much as they need, and then they're going to be able to eat, but don't take too much for the next day because the next day I'm going to have more, right? So what happens? Exodus 16. What ends up happening is that you have people go out, they gather up the, the manna, and those that did it right, they just took what they needed, they ate, and they were full. It was good, right? But then there were some that took more than they were supposed to take. What happens the next day? Wake up to eat that extra manna that they had? What's wrong with it? It's got maggots. It's rotten. What is God trying to teach the nation of Israel through the manna story? Trust. 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 Hey, listen, I've got the bread for you for today. And I want you to trust me that it's going to be there tomorrow. And then the supernatural thing is going to happen is that on the sixth day, you can take double. And then on the seventh day, I want you to chill out and don't do anything. And you know, what's going to, you know what is going to be really weird is that none of that manna is going to be rotten. It's going to be great for you to eat that seventh day. You do it any other day that way. What is God? God is teaching. I want you to trust me. I want you to trust me. So many times God said, well, God says, hey, I'm going to give you grace for 
today. But we're, so, we're future tripping on what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next year, when I graduate, when I get married, when, when we have kids, when I finally get that promotion. We're tripping over all that stuff, and we're trying to use the grace that he's given us for today for tomorrow. He didn't give you that. He gave you grace for today. He wants you to trust him for today. And when you trust God, then the fact that you can't control what the other person does becomes a lot easier to take. Because now I go, I I have those conversations, and I say, you know, I hand that glass. And I say, God, here we go again. And I trust you for that situation. And if she comes over here, you're not going to. She comes over here and shatters that glass. My trust in God is strong. And I say, I have done my work. I don't know what she has going on. There might be a lot of reasons why she broke the glass. But I am going to stay strong here because if I'm strong here, I can trust these other relationships and know that here's the reason why. My value and your value doesn't come from their response. In some ways, it doesn't matter what they do. Because your value and your worth comes from God himself. And some of you are sitting here, and you've had parents that have really done this, man. They've they've given you a box of broken glass. And I want to tell you this. I was just talking to Aaron today. I want to tell you this. This is a revelation that I've had that you need to have as well. If that was your dad or that was your mom, and you're just sitting here right now, and you have a box of broken glass, what I want you to do is I want you to do the work and ask God and pray and pray. And for the revelation that that person was not your real dad and not your real mom. You know who your real dad is? Your father. And he cares about you and he loves you and your identity comes from him. Your value comes from him. So when you have a gap, you can trust because you're trusting in God for that situation. Are you guys, are you guys there? The band can come up. My hope, in, isn't this complicated? There's so many like human interaction things that happen in a day, right? At church, at work, in your family. And yet, if you can get some clarity around what it is that you can be responsible for, what it is that you can do, instead of putting something else and putting suspicion in that gap, you can put trust in God in that gap, man, you will be able to see growth in your life when it comes to this. So let's, let's end this way. Think about those experiences. Think about those things that have been in your life that have truly been broken. And I want you just to ask the question we've asked before in this series is, what is, the, what is the Holy Spirit saying? You know, this person that said this, this person that did this, what's the Holy Spirit saying? What is Jesus saying? I mean, the weird thing is, maybe you felt very far from God when that happened. Maybe... Um, Maybe there was a very, very distant feeling with God. But I want to say that Jesus was there. What was he saying at that moment? What is he saying now?
Let's stand. Because I believe, I believe that Jesus is saying to us to trust him. Trust him with all of these experiences. Trust him in those gaps and trust him. I think I said this a couple weeks ago. I'll say it again. I was uh, super frustrated a few weeks ago and I was walking through the house and I was just so ticked. I was like, it was just kind of a dumb situation. I was getting upset about it. I was kind of like, like obsessing about it. And I, I was just like, man, God, oh, this is the worst. And I'm walking around the house just kind of like doing busy work. And, and it was really affecting my emotions. Like it's just affecting me. I was super down. I could feel it. I was kind of, kind of going into that. You guys have been there where you kind of go, you feel yourself like going into that like cyclical thing of like this is just not good thinking, like not good. And I just really felt like God was like, and I, I was like, what am, I, what am I supposed to be learning in all this? And I just heard the word trust. And I was like, okay, God, I'm going to shift from what I know, which is what I usually do is just like get all down about this situation. But I'm going to shift, and then I'm going to say, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. I trust you. And I don't really want to trust you right now. I don't feel like I can trust you right now. But I'm going to trust you anyway. And I think that that's what God is trying to teach us. That's what God is trying to teach us. So, Heavenly Father, Lord, as we, we all agree, Lord God, that we need to do work in this area, Lord, we pray, God, that you would just fill this room with your spirit. Lord, I know that you want to heal us of these past situations. I know you want to heal us from the, those gaps that have been broken, those experiences that have caused us to get thrown off of our game. God, I know that you are here today. You have been working since last night, since last week, since the day, the first day that we were in here and in before that, Lord God. You have been working and you have been wanting people to come to you with their hurts, come to you with their pain and say, God, that wasn't my real friend. You are the only true friend. So God, as we sing, Lord, Help us to find a place in the warehouse. Help us to pray. Help us to find whatever we need to do, Lord God, to move out or to just raise our hands, to kneel, and just allow your spirit to heal us, Lord God, and to motivate and inspire us. In Jesus' name.